a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about the uh, new Kerry Killer legislation, one of three gun control bills signed into law by uh, Governor Gavin Newsom yesterday. The court challenge is already underway. In fact, the uh, first lawsuit against SB2 filed before uh, Governor Newsom even signed that bill into law. It is called May versus Bonta. We're going to be talking with Tiffany Chevron of Michelle and Associates, one of the attorneys leading the fight against uh, California's new carry killer legislation. Before we get to that conversation, however, you know, Biden's America, well, it's crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today... Qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin, so don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now, let's turn to uh, Gavin Newsom's latest infringement on the right to keep and bear arms, the signing of SB2. Now, I know that that wasn't the only gun control bill uh, that was signed yesterday. Also, uh, AB28 imposing that 11% excise tax, the sin tax, according to uh, Governor Newsom, for the sin of exercising your right to keep and bear arms. California also trying to uh, bring back micro-stamping after a, a Ninth Circuit decision struck down uh, micro-stamping, as well as some of the other uh, features that are required in order for handguns to be placed on California's roster available for sale. But today, we're going to focus on SB2 and all of the carry killer provisions, as well, again, as the uh, litigation filed to try to stop Gavin Newsom's latest infringement. Again, take a look and a listen to my conversation with Tiffany Chevron of Michelle & Associates discussing this latest attack on our right to keep and bear arms. Tiffany, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, and and first of all, thank you for all of your work in uh, Reno versus May and all of these other cases that you all have going on in California. Truly, um, you are defending a, a fundamental civil right, and I thank you very much for it. Thank you. Yeah, California is definitely keeping us busy and uh, creating lots of work for us. <laughs> yeah. So did you have a chance to uh, to watch any of the governor's press conference yesterday when he signed SB2 into law? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Did he... <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, you know, another day, another uh, kind of vindictive legislative response in California, you know, and that's that was the crux of his whole um spiel in the press conference and it was just ridiculous to watch but you know he's he's running for the white house eventually so he's trying to make a, a big push here so. yeah do you think that he said anything or did any of the uh, lawmakers like anthony portantino uh, portantino did they say anything that that gives you some some more to work with in this lawsuit i mean when you had you know the state senator behind sb2 saying yeah in essence you can carry on public sidewalks uh, that that's it, right? Um, you should have to th- you should have to provide three character references in order for you to to carry a gun. If you can't do that, you should be able to carry a gun. I mean, it seems to me like you know he, he, th- th- they didn't do themselves any favors uh, in the court of law, maybe in the court of public opinion in California, but I I kind of doubt that too, honestly. 
I don't even think in the court of public opinion in California because walking down the sidewalk isn't even really allowed in SB2. It depends on the sidewalk. Uh, if the sidewalk is close to a daycare, a, a hospital, a school, uh, anything, I mean, that's off limits. And they've basically done exactly what the court said in Bruin they should not do, which is make this huge swath of, um, you know, non-carry areas uh, where it just is off limits to lawful gun owners to carry. It's a it's an individual right to carry a firearm, according to the Supreme Court in the Bruin um, case, outside of your home. And California has gone to the extreme once again and said, well, we're going to say all of these places are sensitive places. And I, I think it's funny, they even gave examples like a, a grocery store. Well, we've seen people go into grocery stores and shoot at grocery stores. Restaurants that sell alcohol, that's pretty much every restaurant, even if you're not drinking, where you supposedly cannot carry anymore. And again, we've seen people go into restaurants and shoot, you know, patrons and restaurants. So these are the places that you need your your carry permit the most. And they're denying us that. Yeah. Uh, also referenced malls. And of course, we remember the uh, shooting in Indiana that was stopped by an armed citizen who was lawfully carrying a firearm to, to prove your point. Uh, you know, I think at one point it was either Rob Bonta or it was a Portentino who, who wondered, you know, why would a parent need to bring a gun to their child's soccer game? Well, a, again, um, you want to protect yourself, maybe not just in that location, right? I'm willing to posit that uh, you're right. Most violent crimes don't happen in soccer games. Of course, we do know that they can happen anywhere. Okay. But what about going to and from that soccer game, right? What about if you live Not in a bad neighborhood? Exactly. You're right. Yeah. I, you know, the, 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 it, was, it was so amazing to me to hear them talk about the right to carry as if it's something that most of us only do in, in certain circumstances. And that's not how this works. We we wake up in the morning, we get dressed, we put our gun on, we take it off and we go to bed, right? So we're carrying throughout the course of our, our daily routine. And that's virtually impossible under SB2. Yeah, it was very tongue in cheek, like, oh, you don't really need your firearm in this situation or this situation. And who are they to say, who is the government to say when or where you're going to need your firearm to protect yourself. It's your right to carry that where you see fit. And especially in a state like California, where the crime rates are just going crazy um, in, in every major metropolis in California right now, and nothing's being done about that. But yet they're so focused on, you know, law abiding gun owners and and trying to stop gun violence is what they're hoping to do with this. This isn't going to stop gun violence because the people that that this law is affecting are not the ones perpetrating crimes in California. They are the lawful ones that go through the background checks and talk with the sheriff's departments and go through this sometimes year-long process just to be able to carry a firearm, which is another thing SB2 does is it makes the process even more cumbersome. So how does it do that? I know that, uh, again, they talked about character evidence. They talked about, you know, ensuring that only responsible people are getting these permits. Um, but but what does this do to actually change the how you apply for a carry license in California? Well, first of all, for people that don't know, the, the process is very long in most counties. There's a few counties that will issue, you know, pretty quickly, but for most places, it's months and months. Uh, I've even heard a year before you even get your first interview in some counties. So now they're saying um, 
if you they want to make it where if you're under 21 between 18 and 21 you won't be able to get a ccw we know that that age restriction for purchasing firearms is already in the courts working its way through and this would probably follow a similar similar pattern and be unconstitutional because they're adults um increase in training hours right now the well before sb2 the law says up to 16 hours of training now it says no less than 16 hours of training and this is already putting a burden on a system that has limited CCW um, instructors in the state because all the instructors who teach CCW have to be part of the, the process and approved by the sheriff's departments and that sort of thing. Um, good moral character requirement with the three character references now. Um, and then DOJ, which we know who is all all the time working for our better good um, and just had the uh, big debacle last year where they released all the gun owners information to the public. They are going to be more involved in the process as well as far as making sure that the firearms that are on your CCW license are actually registered to you, which means now if you have a firearm you wanted to carry that wasn't registered, you're going to have to register it. It's it's a mess. Um, that, and I, I was going to say, I have to interrupt there because that alone is just so weird to me as a resident of Virginia that you can only carry firearms that are listed on your concealed carry license. Uh, it's just, you know, it's the individual that's the license. But in California, it's the gun and the individual that's licensed, right? It is now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and they're even putting restrictions on, you know, how many firearms you can list on your um, CCW as well. Um, which some counties in California had fought against that and said, no, we're going to let people carry what they want to carry. But now it's it's going to be, you know, you have to have it registered in your name to carry a firearm. So unbelievable. Now, I, I know that Reno versus Bonta was filed actually before uh, Gavin Newsom signed this bill. What was the decision? Uh, what was the rationale behind that? We wanted to show Gavin Newsom that we were serious. Um, one of the things that we've heard this legislative session, beyond all of the um, kind of shenanigans that have been going on in Sacramento this legislative season, is that Gavin Newsom and his staff were saying out loud and publicly, we're going to see if they can take on all of this. We're going to try to pass as many laws as we possibly can to bankrupt, basically, the 2A supportive um, organizations. And so they they know that this is a strain on, on Second Amendment organizations. They know that they have to function off of donations and memberships and that sort of thing while they have this pool of taxpayer money over here that they can just play with. And so they're really hoping to put so much of a burden on these organizations that it just causes us not to be able to defend anything anymore. And what, what it actually has done is it's caused Second Amendment organizations to come together, pool our resources, and file lawsuits together, which is something that we've been trying to do for a very long time. But now, you know, Newsom's doing it. He's bringing everybody together, which is great. Uh, <laughs> so we, we have no intent on backing down. We're going to be fighting still for um, rights in California, for sure. Okay, so so what is the, uh, where, where is uh, Reno versus Bonta, or May versus Bonta right now? Um, do you have a date for a, a hearing scheduled yet? We do not have a date yet. It's brand new. I mean, we filed it uh, as soon as it passed, but then um, the governor just signed it yesterday. He was served uh, yesterday when he 
signed it. And then we'll go from there and we'll find out when we have a date. Um, there's also other other uh, lawsuits that have been filed as well. And those mm-hmm. will probably all come together in the court um, and be related in some way. Okay. So those cases have not been assigned a judge yet either, right? Uh, no, no, they okay. haven't been assigned a judge. and But we will find out very quickly uh, when the dates are for the first what- hearing. When do these new carrier restrictions take place? I know that they tried to pass this on an emergency basis um, late last year, couldn't get it done. That would have taken effect immediately. So did these new rules go into effect January 1st? Do they go into effect later this year? January 1st, 2024 is when they go into effect. Um, Last year, they really tried hard to make it an urgency ordinance. And actually, the DOJ fought back against that and said, there's no way we can have all of this ready to go immediately. So their own DOJ was like, please don't do that to us again. Um, And so this time around, and they also have to have more votes uh, in order to pass an urgency measure. So this time around, they went with standard um, legislative action, and it'll come into effect January 1st. Okay, so there is time to get that temporary restraining order to have that hearing on a request for an injunction before these laws take effect. Absolutely. Yes, that's why we filed so quickly, um, because we want to get the injunction in place. Uh, We want to get it set so that, you know, that none of this comes into play. I mean, people have to be able to carry their firearms and they're working. There's so many people that are trying to get their CCWs after Bruin right now. I mean, Mm -hmm. the demand for CCWs went through the roof, which is why. They knew they couldn't get rid of CCWs and they had to do the shall issue under Bruin. So that's why they're trying to make it so difficult now and then limit where you can actually carry. Yeah. Now that we can't deny almost everybody, we're going to deny everybody who does have a permit uh, the ability to carry almost anywhere. Right. And, okay. and, and they say that this is compliant with Bruin. This is I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. In fact, you know, the governor, Tiffany, he, it, it, I was yelling at my computer screen yesterday and I rarely do that. But when he started talking about the regressive nature of of the right to carry and the regressive decisions coming from the Supreme Court. Look, it's Gavin Newsom. It's the it's, you know, Governor Michelle Luan Grisham in New Mexico. They're the ones who are, frankly, um, acting a lot like Southern Democrats in reaction to Brown versus Board of Education in the 1950s. They're the ones engaged in massive resistance. Right. They're the ones who are complaining about the the corrupt court uh, and they're complaining about these activist judges. And how dare we have to do this? What the Supreme Court said is you have a right to bear arms in self-defense. Now, I would say it's regressive of the governor to say, no, you don't. And I'm not going to let you. Uh, He's the one standing in the the door of the courthouse or the grocery store or the movie theater or the shopping mall saying you can't come inside. Um, So do you see this as a civil rights fight? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and. I don't know if you heard him in the in the press conference, too, but he was complaining that his blue state agenda was being derailed by these activist judges. And I just I just couldn't help but think, how can you represent everybody in your state? But you literally just said your blue state agenda is being disrupted by the Constitution. And I say, good. Like, let's yeah. let's get more of these rulings, you know, because it, it, it every single law that he passes is being overturned in court. And he is trying so hard. Gavin Newsom is trying so hard to get some kind of good record that he can run on when he goes for the White House. And guns is going to be his his record. But he he hates the fact that it keeps getting overturned in court. And, you know, he had a he had a case. We had a case last year 
1324, where he was trying to shift fees from plaintiffs who challenged Second Amendment laws to where they would have to pay for the state's fees. And his own attorney general would not defend that in court because it was so bad. This is what we're up against. Everybody's telling him they're bad laws. Other states, um, Hawaii, New York, New Jersey, they've already put injunctions in place for these sensitive places type laws. He knows that and he doesn't care. He's going to keep pushing forward. Yeah. yeah, and that is what gun owners are up against. But again, thankfully, we've got uh, some of the sharpest legal minds in the country working in our defense. Uh, I would count you among those, uh, Tiffany. And, and again, thank you for joining me on the program. I hope that we can have you back. Um, I, we won't bug you, but uh, maybe after the uh, the first hearing is held, we can get you back on for an update. Sure. Anytime. Anytime. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Great talk with you today and really appreciate your time. You too. Thanks, Cam. I appreciate Tiffany joining us on the program. We're going to be paying very close attention to this case and, of course, all of the others out there in the California. In fact, we may even get another good decision from uh, Judge Roger Benitez later this week. He's got three cases still outstanding. We heard from uh, the judge on Duncan versus Bonner last Friday, and maybe we'll get another gift from St. Benitez later this week. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there. Man charged in woman shooting on probation for involvement in fatal shooting of 17-year-old. This is from the Lexington Herald-Leader. It reports uh, 19-year-old Elijah Adams has been charged with the Lexington Police Department in connection with a shooting back on September 19th in this city. The woman who was shot told police that Adams shot her with her own handgun because he wanted to, quote, keep the gun against her desire. Uh, Adams being held in the Fayette County Detention Center on Tuesday night in charge of first-degree assault, first-degree robbery, possession of a handgun by a convicted felon, as well as, yes, a violation of his probation. It was in May of this year that Adams was sentenced to five years of probation for his role in the fatal shooting of a man named uh, Michael Proctor in August of 2020. Adams, originally charged with murder, ended up pleading down to an amended charge of criminal facilitation to murder. And as the Lexington uh, newspaper reports, in sentencing him to probation, Fayette Circuit Judge Julie Goodman said at the time that Adams had already been in custody for two and a half years, and probation would be more beneficial. Saying, quote, when you send in someone to five years, they're eligible for parole after serving 20%. So to send him to the penitentiary will do the community and this young man more harm. He'll be out in a few months, and when he's out, he gets off scot-free. If he hadn't served any time, I may feel different, but my concern is he is at this time only 19 years old. His brain is not developed until 26 for men. If I let him out without supervision, without individuals to hold him accountable, or me be able to charge him with probation violation and put him back in jail, I feel he will never have true consequences. So I get where the judge is coming from, um, but again, this indicates another problem in the criminal justice system in the state of Kentucky. When someone is eligible for early release after serving just 20% of their sentence, that's a freaking problem, right? And in this case, the judge felt like, well, at least if he gets out on probation, he'll be supervised. No, he won't. I mean, again, what does that mean? You check in with the probation officer once a month, you take a P test. If you fail, what happens? You get a slap on the wrist, your probation gets extended. That's not the answer either. I'm not faulting the judge entirely here. I do believe that, again, she was trying to ensure that there were at least some consequences. The problem is the state of the criminal justice system, not only in Kentucky, but across the nation, is not providing those consequences. And that is the real issue. Now, today's armed citizen story from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where police report two men were shot by a tenant after breaking into a Tulsa apartment in Midtown, Fox 23, in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, says uh, one of these suspects identified as a man named Michael Bailey. Both suspects checked in at St. Francis Hospital and were arrested uh, after being treated. According to police, 
The uh, apartment dweller shot the two men. He was also arrested, however, after police found a stash of drugs. Police said that he should not have had a gun being a convicted felon either. Uh, the uh, burglar detective Tim Means says the homeowner in this particular incident had certain things he wasn't supposed to have. There was a gun involved. There are some illegal narcotics recovered at the apartment. So he's not being charged with the shooting, which appears to be in self-defense. But he is being charged again with uh, violating the uh, state law regarding drugs, as well as uh, state and federal laws regarding prohibited persons from possessing firearms. Uh, we will see if there are any updates to that story as they become available. But I uh, wanted to report that to you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Maybe Joe Biden's attorney is uh, available. Maybe he can uh, take on another case here. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time. We've been able to do the right thing. A, a neighbor in Stamford, Connecticut, who came to the aid of a woman whose home was on fire. There is a, a image of the blaze there. Uh, Channel 4 in New York reports that firefighters sent to a home on Roosevelt Avenue in Stamford just before 10.30 Tuesday morning reports on a woman trapped in a second-floor apartment and couldn't get out. But before the crews ever uh, got to the scene, a next-door neighbor saw what was going on, saw this woman trapped at a window on the second floor, and he grabbed an extension ladder and placed it up to the window so she could climb down. He didn't actually have to go into the house to get her out, but thankfully, again, he had that extension ladder that reached the window. She was able to climb down. She wasn't hurt. Didn't even need medical attention, according to the fire department. The uh, crews had the blades under control within about 20 minutes. They were at the uh, scene for an additional couple of hours. Looks like there was fairly extensive damage, uh, but... Again, the woman is safe and unharmed uh, because of the quick thinking and the fast actions of her neighbors. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. That anonymous Good Samaritan there in Stanford, Connecticut, we thank you for your very, very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But we will be back tomorrow with another episode. Looking forward to being with you. And again, uh, just check out BarryandArms.com throughout the day if you want even more information on staying up to date on the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. we got you covered there at the website. If you like what you see, also encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarryandArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. As always, saying thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you content and analysis you won't find anywhere else because your support really does matter, and it truly does make a difference. So thank you again. Have a great hump day Wednesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.